Thank you, Lord. Thank you. There's a great presence of God tonight in the worship. God is good all the time. Amen? Yes. Thank you for not stealing my thunder. <laughs> no. Actually, this message a few weeks ago, I won't tell you the topic first. The Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart to share a message. In the middle of the night, I was awoken about denying yourself. Okay? So, I wasn't sure whether it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Sometimes you need confirmation, right? God can tell you, but He will send someone to confirm. So anyway, my flesh rose up because I didn't want to preach. Because preaching involves sacrifice, right? Involves spending hours researching, spending hours with God, you know, and the flesh rose up. But anyway, I wasn't totally disobedient, a little bit. <laughs> so I told God, okay, God, I put a fleece before you, right? So I say, normally, I'm the one who instigate John to ask me to preach, okay? I, I tell him, I say, wow, God spoke to me about this, this, this. Can you put me in? But this time, I zip my mouth, okay? I say, God, I'm not going to say anything. I put this fleece before you. If John invites me intentionally, then I know this word is from you. Somehow, I don't know why my husband never put me in the schedule. Maybe I'm not, maybe uh, I'm not good enough. Oh, but God says I am. <laughs> okay, so on Saturday, I was busy. You know, God speaks to you and, you know, things happen when you least expect it, right? So in the morning, I was fixing my cup of Nescafe. And John was talking to Pastor Anne-Marie, are you free this Sunday to speak? Oh, I wasn't even the first choice. Oh, <laughs> no. And she turned him down and said, oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not here. So he turned to me, Carrie, do you want to speak? I said, wow, I'm the last choice. No, thank you. <laughs> Okay, I, I say, wow, you come to me when there is no one, okay? So my flesh rose up. Ooh, the flesh rose up. But the Holy Spirit reminded me, didn't you put a fleece before me? <laughs> I did. So I knew that it was a word from due season, okay, for, for this time. So I say to John, okay, I swallow my pride this time. <laughs> Deny myself, okay? And what happened this morning? Our brother Bill brought a message and it was exactly what I wanted to preach on about denying yourself. And he got that word two months before. So we are on the same page. God wants to do something to us 
God wants us to know about denying ourselves, right? So, what is denying ourselves or sometimes we say dying to self? Okay, can I start with what is not first? Do you know that other religions like Buddhism have actually a counterfeit? Okay, they have pinched this concept okay, of uh, denying yourself to seek peace and enlightenment. Okay, so number one, dying to self is not penance or punishing yourself. It is not. Okay? If you think dying to self is punishing yourself, you are wrong. God doesn't want to punish you. He already punished His Son entirely for us, right? So He is not here to punish us. Alright? So in Buddhism, people have to do penance to redeem themselves from their sin. For example, you see the monks, right, begging for food, right? They live in, live in a monastery. Okay, Brother Alpha? So happened this morning, I, we talked about monastery. And this word God gave me four days ago about monastery. Do you know in Christian circles, we still have people, monks, who isolate themselves in caves or monastery? and remove contact from all other human beings. I don't think so. God wants us to do that, okay? He doesn't want us <clears throat> to be isolated or starving or begging for food. That is not what, how God wants us to live. And I believe, um, Brother Alpha, as I was sitting there, God said to me that He's really pleased with you. This season, you have drawn alongside him and in the natural you have wisdom god said that you have wisdom but he's going to give you a supernatural spiritual wisdom okay to uh, uh, and wisdom and revelation and he asks you to ask ask of him okay ask and he'll give you the desires of your heart all right amen so i think monastery is not for you brother alpha sorry <laughs> Okay, as you know, Martin Luther, he's the great reformist. He too tried to punish himself for his sins, okay, by whipping himself till he bled and then lying naked in the snow, okay, to punish himself. Secondly, dying to self is not through works or legalism. What is works or legalism? Let me give you an example. A few years ago, there was a preacher who came here. And he told us, as a congregation, if you are a pastor, you need to pray at least two hours a day. And if you are just a member, at least one hour a day. That is legalism. Okay? That, go and look in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus state, stipulate how many hours you have to pray. No, it's not about how many hours. Okay, but of course we need to spend time with Him. 
Okay, it, we need to draw close to Him. But it's not about how many chapters you need to read. It's not about how many hours you, 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 um, you need to spend with Him. Okay, it's about your heart. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to move. You know, sometimes you can spend one hour with God and nothing happens. Have you encountered that? Yeah? And sometimes like tonight, you know, it's just 20 minutes of worship and I just felt God moving, you know? It's about our heart, okay? And allowing Holy, the Holy Spirit to move us. Thirdly, these are the don't not. Denying yourself does not mean we live in lack and poverty, okay? That is not God's plan. God's plan is abundant life, okay? But it does mean living modestly within our means and not in excess, all right? It does, God wants us to live abundant lives full of His provision and His goodness. You know, God, one characteristic of God, He likes to show off in a good way. And He likes to show His children off. That's why He looks after us so well. He proper, prospers us and provides for us. And when people look at us, they say, wow, how did you do it? I can't, but God can. Amen? Amen. Well, this is just a sh short testimony of his goodness. I know I'm shooting the rabbit, but let me talk about the rabbit first, okay? Then I, I will shoot the rabbit, okay? <laughs> Many years ago, when I was going through the darkest times in my life, all of us have been through a journey of ups and downs. We all like the ups but we don't like the downs, right? And you know, when trouble comes, it does not trickle, it pours, right? Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. At that time of my life, my first marriage fell apart badly. And I didn't know what was happening to me. I was very sick, okay, very, very sick. I didn't even know what sickness I had because it was something new to me. I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. Severe. So I was put on a concussion of very, very potent medicine, okay? You know, mental health is real. It is real, okay? It is a sickness and it is real, all right? But people don't understand mental health sometimes. My family definitely did not understand mental health. They thought I was cuckoo, okay? They never, like, they say, um, you know, it's like that. You're sick, you know, you're cuckoo, you know? So anyway, I was put on very severe antidepressant. And if anyone has been on antidepressant at all, it actually fries your brain. It, it does fry your brain, okay? And also, I was 
I was put on very heavy tranquilizers. Okay, the Zepam, you know, all the Demazepam and whatever. And I was like literally a walking zombie. You don't know day from night, night from day, okay? That was how severe. And the, the specialist, it was a specialist, he said, I'm sorry, but you know, you need to be on these drugs for your, the rest of your life. That's how severe it is. But you know what? God has the final word. I have been healed for many years now. Many years. I'm not on any kind of antidepressant, nothing. Okay? Not on any kind of tranquilizers. And sometimes, I just don't believe it. Amen? Because God has healed me. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the God that we are serving. Hallelujah. The impossible becomes the possible. And, uh, you know, things happen. And I was not in a good place. And my family weren't very supportive. And Kim was, you know, just a toddler. And I had words spoken over me. And one day, one, my sister spoke to me. Oh, Carrie. I don't think so you ever amount to anything. It was a curse, you know, but she didn't realize it, right, at that time, but it was a curse. And I had to break that curse over my life. And you know what? God, again, had the final word upon my life. All right, had the final word upon my life. I don't even know how I made it to Australia. <laughs> it's true. God opened the door. I just walked in with a suitcase. Hello, Australia. I'm coming here. <laughs> Didn't know. Sometimes I'm a bit groggy, you know. Must be all the drugs that I've taken. <laughs> right? So I just came here, you know, and, and, and when I re returned to God and reconciled with Him, he just, all the jigsaw puzzles started falling into place, piece by piece, piece by piece. And in 2016, my elder sister, which I love so much, not the same sister who spoke over me, okay? She came to visit me in Sydney, okay, with her family. When she, when she entered my house, saw me, saw my family, she broke down in tears. I say, sister, why are you crying? She said, I'm crying happy tears. I'm crying happy tears for you. She, she can't believe how much God has blessed me and changed my life. I'm called blessed. We are called blessed because we trust in the Lord our God. She saw how God has blessed me with a husband, a good one. <laughs> good husband, yes A good job a, a wonderful daughter A peaceful family No more fighting And even God provided us with a nice house Wow she, she got touched And that was the sister Who gave her life to Jesus a few months ago Hallelujah you know, our lives is a testimony for God.
It's a testimony. It's a living testimony, okay? And no one can steal the testimony away from us. No one. So what is actually denying yourself? In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The word deny here means to deny utterly or completely, fully deny. To affirm that one has no acquaintance or connection with someone. Sometimes it means cutting people off, cutting off the bad influence as well. It's not like cutting off friends, you know, unless God tells you to, because we need to reach the loss as well. But if there are influences that are not good for you and, and draw you away from God, then you, you probably need to cut it, right? To forget oneself and one's own interests. In the Bible dictionary, it means the willingness to deny oneself of possessions, status, friendship, in order to grow in holiness and commitment to God. It means giving up our hopes, our dreams, material possessions, even your life for the cause of Christ. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. This concept of dying to, to self runs throughout the New Testament. It is the essence of Christian life. It is. Okay? In John 3, 3, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus came to see Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something about our old self. Our old self loves human approval, honor, comfort, and life more than we love Jesus. Is that true? Yes, okay. So when we are born again, that old self dies. And God is smart. He put it to death, okay? Because that old self is not good, okay? Uh, it is why. You, you, I'll tell you why, okay? It is crucified and buried with Christ. You know, Graham Cook, I like to listen to him. He said this, which I find it, well, very, re really revealing. God knew that it was use useless to try to fix a dead, stinky corpse. Can you imagine you have a dead corpse, you try to fix it? Will anything happen? Nothing. So it has to be buried, right? That's why God buried it. And what is our duty? To let the dead corpse be buried and not try to resurrect it. How many times in the past have we tried to resurrect that old man? Oh, come out and walking in our past and going around in circles. Let the dead be buried, okay? Don't resurrect it. He is already dead. And God makes us, because we receive him, as a new creation. We are no longer that old self. We are brand new, new creation, right? And we have new life. 
This person is not the same as the one before. And we have new life and we have the Holy Spirit living inside us. It's not enough to have the new man. You need the Holy Spirit inside as well. All right, we are no longer the same person. That new denying self speaks to the old man. Hey, mate, you are no longer in charge. You've been evicted. Okay? I am in charge now. This new person is in charge because I say yes to Jesus and because I love Jesus. Amen? So instead of seeking human approval, honor, comfort, possession, now we are turned the other way around. We are willing to endure opposition, shame, suffering, and even death. You see how opposite God is, isn't it? He brings us to the other side. This dying to self not only happens during salvation. It's not one time. It's a lifelong process. And it's part of what God calls sanctification, right? We are transformed from glory to glory. And I bring you the greatest news. This dying to self is not optional. It's not A, B, C, or D. Okay? We all have to do it. It is a choice. And it is a daily choice. Okay? It is a daily... I do whenever I... Sometimes I get distracted in the morning, you know? There's things running through your mind. You know, I, I, I'll do this. Die, die, die. Crucify the flesh. Die. <laughs> yes. It helps a bit. <laughs> do you notice that the problem with us human beings is the I? 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 I can do everything. I? Okay? When you don't deny yourself, the I rises and replaces the great I am. Instead of, you know, letting God take over, you become your own God, okay? Because I am, I am good enough. I am this, I am that, okay? One of the characters in the Bible, or one of the apostles was Peter. Peter was like that. What happened to Peter? When Jesus told them about his death and resurrection, Peter got all worked up. He said, no, 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 God, this is not going to happen to you. Not only that, he said, hey, Jesus, come, let's go and have a chat. So he took Jesus aside and he rebuked him. He rebuked Jesus. He said, no, you're not going to die. And what was... You know, that's what happens because when you allow the I to rise up, you're going to go against God and His plans, right? You're going you're to be angry. You're going to be upset with God. And Jesus re, re, actually responded to Peter. He said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you. For, 
for you are not mindful of things of God, but the things of men. See? When the eye rises up, you know, you are mindful of things of the world, not things of God. And then it gets worse. The second story was when uh, Jesus, you know, was surrounded by the Roman guards. And Peter said, I'll protect you. Once more, his flesh rose up, right? He didn't deny, he, he rose up. And what did he do? He wielded the sword. Wow, it gets worse. Cut off the, the soldier's ears, right? Yes, he started hurting people, all right? Hurting. And if not for God, you know, Peter would have died too because Jesus healed the man's uh, ears. So what happened next was, it was a time of, um, you know, it, it got, you know, because Peter had to realize who he was and what he was doing. The eye inside him rising up. He denied Jesus three times. All right, he denied. And then he realized and he wept, Okay. God says, the flesh profit nothing, but the spirit gives life. So our eyes should be replaced by J's. We are not at the center anymore. Jesus is at the center of everything. Jesus must be at the center of everything. Our hearts, our family, our job, everything. He has to be the center, okay? And in second thing. Timothy 3, 1-2, it says that in the last days there are perilous times and perilous men. And what God knows about this season, and that's the season that we're living in now, okay? The end times. God say what? Men will be lovers of themselves. The I, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, and the list goes on. Christians are not excluded from this list. Okay, many have made God their Savior, but not their Lord. They continue to indulge themselves in their sins of choice. And many of these sins are hidden, okay, but God knows about it. They have put the eye first before God. I'm not going to judge them, but I believe they might be in for a big surprise. That's all I can say. But let's turn to the other person, Apostle Paul. He actually epitomized the denying of oneself. He lived all for Christ. In Philippians 3, 7, he says, what, But what things were gained to me, this I have counted loss for, for Christ. He persevered and pressed toward the goal of the prize in Christ Jesus, even though he suffered a lot. What did he suffer? This is only part of the list. Shipwrecked, whipped, stoned, imprisoned, hunger, and eventually death. He came to the conclusion 
It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And look what he has accomplished for God's kingdom because of that self-denial, okay? The gospel was preached far and wide with signs and wonders, and even his handkerchief healed the sick. So if we, we have a handkerchief, pray over it and give to someone, unless our handkerchief heals someone, there's more. Right? There's more. He was responsible for writing almost two-thirds of the New Testament. Through one man, the Word of God was multiplied and grew like wildfires, and nations were discipled. This must be one of the keys if we want to move powerfully in God's kingdom and do great and mighty things. We must learn as believers and Christians to die to self. We must learn it, okay? Um, okay, another person that I would like to mention is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Have we heard of him before? No? Okay, he is a German Lutheran pastor and theologian, okay? He lived during the era of the Nazi and the World War Twos, okay? And uh, he was truly passionate for Christ. And he helped us understand the meaning of self-denial. And he says this, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Ooh. Can I say that again? When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Not die naturally, but, you know, die. Die the old man, okay? We, this was what happened to him. He was hanged at a tender age of 39 because he stood up for Christ and fought against Nazi teaching. He has learned, just like Paul, Christ becomes our life. Okay? And we do hear of many, many uh, believers and pastors throughout the world, even today, right? Who are martyred for Christ. Okay? And who knows, we might come to that point in our life when persecution increases. Okay? Even now, we are mocked for our faith. I'm... I get rejected and mocked. It's okay. If they're going to mock and reject uh, Jesus, they're going to mock us, right? And reject us, right? We need more people who is willing to stand at this moment against the flood of weakness that tries to stop us, the church. Do you know Satan's plan is to shut down all churches? He's using this excuse, the COVID, to shut us down. But this happened in America. Some of you might have read it about Pastor Shea'an. Okay? He's a senior pastor of Harvest Rock Church in LA. So he's in California during the, the, the pinnacle of the COVID. 
all churches were asked to close down, shut down, okay? Because it is a non-essential, okay? It's not important. So he challenged, he challenged it, he remained open, and, and God actually, ins like, you know, inspired him to file a lawsuit against the government. Well, you know, it takes a lot of courage, right, to file a lawsuit. And at the same time, the Californian police threatened him and his church members. If you step into the church, each one of you, each time you step into the church, you get a $1,000 fine. That was how severe. You know, but even though, you know, he, he could see that um, he was facing a Goliath kind of uh, crisis, right? He would not back down, all right? He followed God. He followed what God wanted to do. So he filed the lawsuit. And recently in April of this year, God gave him the victory. See what happens when, you know, you, you deny yourself, deny yourself of the, you know, the comfort, uh, the confidence. Like, you, you don't know what is going to happen, but God, I'll follow you. Whatever you tell me, I'll do it, right? And God gave him the victory. And in the Californian courts now, they are not allowed, the government is not allowed to shut down any churches for whatever circumstance, even if COVID is raging, they are not allowed to shut down the churches. Okay? And on top of that, God gave favor. Gave them $1.3 million to cover the costs. Hallelujah. Is that God or not? Right? Praise the Lord. When we deny ourselves and listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit, God does the impossible. We all must learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. All right? If we are too comfortable, it's not good for us. All right? It's not good because God wants to stir us for more. Have you ever wondered why the Western church is not really walking yet? in the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit, in signs and wonders that we have been promised. Could it be that the Western Church has not yet learned this lesson of denying ourselves? Is it possible? Instead, have we compromised in many areas? Are we perhaps too comfortable you know, we have had people coming to this church and they have complained about things. Oh, this church has one toilet, uh, no coffee machine, no smoke machine. They want the smoke machine. <laughs> you know, smoke machine is not good because when God really turns up, you don't know whether it's true or false. Don't have smoke machines, okay? No, not allowed, okay? Or 
People take a trolley and go shopping. You know, every week they go to this church and the next one and the next one. They're looking for something, but I don't know what they are looking for. Yeah, they don't know what they are looking for. Yeah, it's, it's not what you can get. It's what you can give. Amen? So anyway, if you are not planted in the church, excuse me, get planted. Because if you are not planted, you never grow. Okay? That's my word of wisdom for today. Go and get planted. And we also sometimes when Pastor John, like today is very good, Pastor John finished before 12. Everyone is happy. <laughs> right? But if it's, it's past 12 o'clock, sometimes you keep, oh my goodness, how many more minutes? Quick, quick. We get a bit annoyed, you know, and we, we are, you know, we want to get out, you know, because our stomach is calling us. That is denying yourself, isn't it? Go without food, right? Stomach is grumbling and then you think about your roast in the oven. It's calling you, eat me, eat me, right? So, back to the Western church. I think there have been too much excess in the Western church. True or not? True, too much excess. Preachers, fortunately, John is not traveling in style. Okay, I wouldn't, I'll prick his bubble anyway, don't worry. So I have seen preachers, I'm not judging them, but I'm saying that we have gone overboard. We have not denied ourselves. And God saying, you know, I don't want you to be in excess. I want you to have abundant life, but not in excess like this. Preachers traveling in style, in limousine, walking on red carpet. And we mentioned that they flanked by six bodyguards into the green room. We don't have a green room, praise God. Where he does breathing exercise first. Okay? Before he starts speaking. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I'm, I'm not making this up, it's true. Okay? Or preachers... <clears throat> who are so obsessed with money, about giving, selling, returning God's house into a den of thieves, selling everything. I've seen everything, all coins. If you want prayer, you need to pay for it. And even life safety packs for the tribulation. So they are saying, Christians, you better get life safety packs, you know, for the tribulation. Excuse me, you don't read your Bible? We are not here during the tribulation. I'm sorry, you, you couldn't be here. I'm going to be up there with God. Hallelujah. Right? Are we not grieving the Holy Spirit? And we wonder why God does not turn up. Compare this to churches in Iran, India, Pakistan, and China. Iran has the fastest growing church in the whole world. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
And you know, it is dangerous for them to be Christians there. You can be imprisoned and even killed. Despite that threat, many choose to follow Christ. That is denying yourself, right? It's no wonder in Iran, many encounter the supernatural. Jesus physically appearing to them. Okay? Angels, they see angels all the time. They have dreams and visions. How about India? It's not reported or it is underreported, but many pastors in India have died for their faith. Even until recently, India and Pakistan have died. But praise God, God is moving in India. Hallelujah. Yes. Alpha, God is moving in your country, all right? And recently, I saw in a YouTube video, this is a, a video of a tribal village in Rajasthan. It's one of the most Hindu places in India. These people were all Hindus. They were poor. They were illiterate. They were sitting on the uh, ground. There's no even cement on the ground, not concrete. They were sitting just on the ground, worshipping God. You know what happened? The whole entire village of 178 people, 178 people all together gave their life to Jesus. And they were all baptized together in the river. God is moving powerfully also in China. In China, don't ask them how long the service is. You get rebuked. Don't ask them when is the uh, coffee break. Don't ask them when is the lunch break. There is none. Okay, services start from 8 o'clock till 12 midnight. Okay, I, I hope... I get to preach in China, but not 8 to 12. <laughs> uh, after lunch, yeah, yeah, that's right. And because of persecution, they, they, persecution is very, very strong in China. So what do they do? They can't even gather in houses anymore. They go to caves. And China is cold, okay? You think here is cold, China is much colder. It's freezing. There's no heaters. There's no toilets. You go do it in the bush, okay? But people are passionate for Christ, okay? There's no chairs, no Bibles, nothing, okay? But that is denying yourself, okay? Out of your comfort zone, all right? So I ask God for a prophetic word. I believe God said this to us. My kingdom is a heavenly one. It's unlike the kingdom of this world. In fact, it is opposite to the worldly kingdom. Then I saw two treasure chests that was closed and two people standing beside the chest and they were really excited to open them. So two chests, Two persons, okay? So the first person opened the chest. He opened it and there were lots of treasures inside. These treasures are rewards from God. It was full. 
It was glittering with gold and silver. The second person, expecting the same, opened his chest and he was shocked. Everything inside was burnt and it was full of ashes. And I asked God, what does it mean? And I believe God said, the first one, God said, that person had toiled hard for the kingdom. He had surrendered and made sacrifices and he gave uh, and he learned to live without many a times. He was mocked and ridiculed for my sake and yet he soldiered on. He did not give up. However, the second one was different. He has amassed great wealth for himself and occupied a position of power. He was given human adulation. However, he neglected the things of the kingdom. He refused to serve when invited and was not generous to the poor. So I want to end with this. In Matthew 16, 25 to 26, Jesus promised, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Once more, Jesus is calling us to take up our cross and follow him. There are five questions I want to ask you and myself about dying to self. Five questions. And many of us have encountered this. I've encountered some of this. What if it means following Jesus to lose some of your closest friends? What if it means alienation from your family? Do you know some people die? and cut off, being cut off from their families? What if it means losing your reputation? What if it means losing your job? What if it means ultimately losing your life? Are you still willing to follow Jesus? Are you still willing? Okay. So tonight, I believe God wants to call out the laborers for the harvest. He said, the harvest is ripe, but there are no laborers. Okay, if you are willing, like the first person, to serve God in any capacity, whatever it is, doesn't matter where you start. Okay, I want to pray for you tonight. Okay, because we don't want to stand before God you know, and, and be rebuked by him. We want him to say, good and faithful servant, you have served well. I believe God also wants to give us beauty for ashes. You know, if the enemy has stolen and ruined whatever part of your life, I believe God wants to turn the clock the other way. He wants to give you beauty for your ashes, all right? I'll hand this back to Pastor John.